This episode of She Explorers is brought to you by Oru Kayak. They design folding kayaks that can go virtually anywhere, thanks to their lightweight and folding design. Stay tuned for later in the episode. We talk with Stephanie Wright, a member of the She Explorers team, about how the Oru Kayak helps her merge her city life with her outdoor life. I'm Gail Straub, and you're listening to She Explores. And I knew that going to Nepal on this women's trip, that was the safe zone. I've been there, done that. I've done that six times. But to do this other business venture of starting from scratch on a napkin was like, oh my God, that scared me to death. This is Julie Kennedy, the founder of Five Point, an adventure film festival in Carbondale, Colorado. It's the one I told you about at the end of episode 25 about showing up. Thanks to Haley, I led a panel there, but I also got to interview some women at the festival that I believe exemplify the spirit of what Julie Kennedy founded 10 years ago. They are creatives and entrepreneurs, and I found them so inspiring. I'm sharing pieces of our conversations so you can get some insight on the adventure film community. This was my first experience where it's headed, and hopefully let it inspire you too. I talked with Julie just a few days after the film festival, and her voice sounds tinny because we talked over the phone. Each year after Five Point, she and her husband escaped to the woods to camp and, and bike ride. And I might sound a little bit funny because I have a cold. By talking with Julie, I learned that Five Point was, unsurprisingly, born from creative restlessness. Julie and her husband founded and ran Climbing Magazine for over 20 years before selling it, just before online media really catapulted. She had time to raise her son, but once he hit high school and he became independent, Julie wanted something more. And it got to the point where Hayden was like in 10th grade, and I really was starting to feel this need for another purpose. I was very frustrated because I couldn't figure out what it would be, what else can I do? So I felt this need that I had one more run in me, and what was that run going to be? Julie has an entrepreneur's mind, so when she says, quote, one more run in me, I know she means five, even when she was in her early 50s when she was thinking about this. And I started to think about a film festival and how a film festival really changed the way I thought about my life and it really it directed me into a very fast trajectory of lifestyle and having gone to adventure film festivals when I was young at 22 years old we all played and brainstormed and supported each other it was a very profound time in my life and I knew that was the direction I was going to lead my life So Julie knew something about the direction, but it was serendipity in the form of Yvonne Chouinard, the founder of Patagonia, that was the catalyst for Five Point. Just Yvonne and I sat on Casey Sheehan's deck for close to two and a half, three hours, just talking about what he has done and his mission with Patagonia and what Michael and I had done with Climbing Magazine and what our lives were looking like at that time. And and I was sort of moaning and groaning and complaining to Yvonne, like, oh, I'm really bored and I need to find something to do and I don't know what it is. And he said, well, go do something. 
<laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then we started to talk about how we had all gathered at these film festivals once a year and how powerful that was and how we were all such a support system for each other. We maybe needed to recreate that. And I said, why don't we do that right here in Carbondale? And he looked at me and he said, do it. And I said, what do you mean? He said, just do it. I'll help you pay for it. And you do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, what did he just say? <laughs> and I looked at my friend, Casey Sheehan, who was standing there. I said, did you just hear it? What did he just say? He said he thinks you should just create a film festival in Carbondale and he will help you. That's sort of where it all started. And I was supposed to lead a trek to Nepal in October. And this was in August. And I had already booked tickets and leading this women's trek to Nepal. And I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to do this? But I, I got pretty jacked up and pretty inspired after walking away from that breakfast with Yvonne Chouinard. And you, you, started, you started work? You know, I, I went back and forth. I literally, and this is no joke, I canceled and made reservations on this trip to Nepal four times. And the girls were fine. The girls that I was going with were all my good friends. And I lined up the whole Sherpa team and the whole Sardar for them. And so that was not a problem for them to go without me. It was more of a problem for me because I was like, this is what I knew how to do. And this is what I was comfortable in doing. So the thought of starting a film festival that I didn't have a clue of how to do, I knew nothing about film. I really knew nothing about any of this. So that was very frightening to me. It was like, oh, my God, I would go back and forth thinking, Oh, it's so much easier for me to go to Nepal. I, I, you know, I know that game and I love it. And then I would look at myself in the mirror and I would say to myself, Julie, what's it going to look like for you 10 years, 20 years from now, when you look at yourself and realize that you had this opportunity that Yvonne Chenard, the owner of Patagonia, was giving you the opportunity to jump out of your comfort zone and do something that was going to be really aligned with what you are all about. And you were too chicken to do it. What's mm. that going to feel like? And I really thought about that, Gail. And I thought, that's not going to feel good to me. I was too scared to do that. That is what I really started thinking about. You know, you have this door, this huge door that just totally opened up. And you were so scared and you were afraid to get out there and do it. And I knew that going to Nepal on this women's trip, that was the safe zone. I've been there, done that. I'd done that six times. But to do this other business venture of starting from scratch on a napkin was like, oh, my God, that scared me to death. But I knew I had to do it. So I did. And Yvonne didn't give me all the money. He gave me $15,000. And he knew that if he gave me this huge amount of money, that the learning process wouldn't have been there. Mm. He's so smart. The guy is brilliant. And he just knew. He's like, hey, I'm going to give this woman an opportunity to get on the highway, as I call it. Get on the highway and pull your pants down in front of every car and truck <laughs> that goes by and learn as much as I possibly could and take ownership in that responsibility. 
it was probably the most profound decision I've made in my life, really. Yvonne took a chance on Julie 10 years ago. Julie, true to her entrepreneurial spirit, followed the fear and built the community she'd been yearning for. And now I get to introduce you to a few members of that community. Hi, my name is Anya Miller. I work with Duct Tape Then Beer out of Seattle, and we are a creative group of people that often create films and who have been involved with helping Five Point over the years with their creative direction, and this year we've been helping them a little bit with their marketing. And it's just our community. It's Five Point is a pretty special place because it has given us a reason to make things. You might recognize the production company Duct Tape Then Beer for their podcast, Dirtbag Diaries. I heard Anya on a panel on creativity at Five Point, and I had to talk with her. Three years ago, she made a big switch to the outdoors industry after years at an architecture firm and a commercial marketing agency. I started there, and one week later was Five Point. And Five Point was the way I began my new life working in the outdoor industry. I'd always been an outdoors woman, but I had never made my living off of working with anybody in the outdoors. And so Five Point was really a kickoff for me of a new career and a new community of creatives and a new life um, that was a much more balanced life for me. So what were your impressions of that first festival? Ooh, I was, I was kind of intimidated by so much creativity and greatness. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I see something awesome made... I'm just green with envy because it's beautiful and I'm like, okay, what am I going to make and put into the world that's beautiful too? It's kind of an outright challenge coming here because you see this beauty that's put out. You don't want to make something exactly the same as something else. And so you have to pivot and change and push yourself creatively to figure out something different. So I think my first impression was like, okay, these people are creative. This is a high level. It's definitely this touch point throughout the year that allows me to take stock of what I've done and what I want to do. And it's definitely an instigator in my life for sure. First, I was intimidated. And then I was just like, okay, doing this. What am I going to make? What kind of beauty can I put into the world? Which begs the question, what do you think you've put into the world that's beautiful? My role is called a creative strategist, which is definitely an amorphous term. You know, you look at a film and that's a piece of tangible beauty. And I've been involved in some films that I believe are really beautiful emotionally and visually with duct tape over the last couple years. But I think as a creative strategist by kind of role name, one of the things that I put into the world that I think is beautiful is creative fuel for other people to get excited about and creative clarity so that creatives can move forward in projects with the confidence that what they're making is is meaningful and it's clear and that their message is getting across to the audience that they want to have. And so I think kind of on the daily, I try to put clarity out into the world, which can 
I think can result in beauty. So you can't feel too much ownership of like that seed that you give give the creatives. When I see someone's creative fire fueled, that makes me feel like I've done my job. I mean, again, being a small company, I end up directing and producing and I do all the graphics for our company. I don't know. The creative thing for me, I've never felt the need to have outright ownership of something. I've never really wanted to just say, I did this all. I did it by myself. This is mine. It's much more satisfying to me to say, these people came together with me and we had this idea and we worked out our differences. We got excited together and were fueled off of each other's passion. And we made this thing that wasn't in the world before. Are there any films that you've seen in the first two programs yeah. that you found particularly inspiring or genre-breaking? You know, genre-breaking. I'm not sure about that. Crystal's piece was really refreshing. Anya's talking about Crystal Wright's film called Where the Wild Things Play. I saw a lot more of myself reflected in those women shown than I see in typical adventure media. Or I see even the aspirational version of what I would like to be, which is way less focused on aesthetics and more focused on the woman having full experiences, rich experiences in the outdoors with complete disregard to how they look, frankly. Mm-hmm. The piece was not really a story. It was a portrait of mm-hmm. a woman that isn't shown in outdoor media today. At least that's how I read it. No talking. Just one song and a bunch of women ripping it hmm. from kayaking to skiing to climbing, running, just everything. It was about women out there having full experiences and trying hard and sweating, falling, crushing it in general. It was just putting that portrait out there as kind of a stamp that says, hey, we're here too. And that's enough. And that's enough. It's not the typical portrait of, like, adventure sexy. And I think there's a lot more room in that space to be explored, and I look forward to next year to see what happens in between now and then, and I'm going to be hopefully contributing to that world, too. I can't wait to see what additional beauty Anya puts out into the world. Next, I talk with Haley Thompson, a filmmaker who debuted a short film at the festival. After a quick word from our sponsor... The folks at Orukayak believe that connecting to nature is a deep human need, even for those of us who live in cities. We talked to Stephanie Wright, a member of the She Explores team and an all-around great human being, about how the Orukayak helps her experience nature while living in urban Seattle. An Orukayak folds down to the size of a big box. You can store it behind your couch, and then a nice day comes along, or you and your friends want to go out paddling. You can store a few of them, which is really cool. I have a small car, because I live in the city, and I can pack two or three of the Oru kayaks in my car, which is much more convenient than having a rack on the top of your car, I think. On New Year's Eve, two years ago, we took our Oru kayaks out, and set up our kayaks and then paddled out in time to watch the fireworks at midnight. To be able to do something like that 
without having to have these huge, massive vessels. It's pretty amazing. Load up your car and get on the water in a beautiful, foldable Oru kayak. Learn more at www.orukayak.com. That's www.orukayak.com. My name is Haley Thompson, and I am one of the directors of How We Grow. It's a documentary. The, the exact elevator speech is ambitious young farmers building community around locally grown food in the Roaring Fork Valley of Western Colorado. And my partner is Thomas Zuccarino. He's the cinematographer and co-director. Haley's enthusiasm for the subject of young farmers was contagious. It's inspiring to us because we know how few young farmers there are and how badly we need them. I believe the average age of the American farmer is 58 now, which is approaching retirement. And for every six farmers over 65, there's only one under 35. It's just really discouraging and concerning. And so the hopeful thing for me is that our peers in this community that have chosen to pursue farming as a career they're not deterred at all by the fact that it's not necessarily a high-paying job. They just love what they're doing for the community. They are really passionate about growing organically, grown locally, and, and is fresh, and you know where it's coming from, and you know your farmers if you have that connection. And have you premiered a film at a film festival before? Never. I've always wanted to premiere a film here because I grew up here. And totally missed the boat on Five Coin. I think it started, well, it's 10 years old now. And so I was off pursuing my career when it started. And when I moved back home two years ago and started to go to their different events, it became very fast a goal of mine to have a film here at some point. And I'm thrilled that they recognize how we grow as something that fits within the Five Coin themes because typically it is a mountain sports or um, just any sort of adventure and ours is a little less adrenaline but I think it it has a lot of heart. Is there a way that you want to feel after or is there is that anything that you're thinking about or are you thinking about this sitting there watching the film? I mean my mind is still in the edit bay so I'm just hoping that overall response is good so that I know we're going in the right direction I'm sure there's always a level of doubt or sort of vulnerability in sharing something so personal, but because it's my first one, I think that I'm like above and beyond just nervous about it. So I'm, it's not that I want it all to be over, but I also am excited to just go back and hide in my little edit cave and, and work out the rest of the story to be the best that it can be. I asked Haley on day three of four what her favorite films were thus far. So many of them, but I think the ones that really stood out were The Time Travelers. It was just the, the exciting rush to watch that all play out. Then the ones that are they're a little less expected, that they're just more sort of subtle and emotional. I'm not going to remember all the names, but there was one about a woman who is a pilot in Alaska. 
I think it's called Denali's Raven. That's right. That's right. That was just fantastic. I love any film that puts a female at the lead because we just, I don't feel like I see enough of that in cinema in general. But I love Five Points, started by Julie Kennedy. I feel like there's this really amazing support system for women in outdoor sports and also in filmmaking for Five Point. There's been a lot of really beautiful stories. They're all amazing, but I tend to like the ones that make me cry because they stick with me, me the longest. And, um, and I definitely get emotional when I'm seeing women up there telling their stories because it's, it just feels like it's a long time coming. So I love that that is the environment here. It feels safe <laughs> and supportive. So many times during this whole period that I would get discouraged and then as soon as I would get discouraged or I would make a call to somebody and something some great door would open and some incredible opportunity would happen so the universe was pulling me in this direction this is Julie Kennedy again the founder of five point I kept going and I kept going and there we were we we pulled off our first festival and we sold it out and it was fantastic and And, you know, that was back in the day, that was 10 years ago. That was before storytelling was even alive. I mean, when I look back now, Gail, on the films, you know, I did a best of 10-year film selection this year. And when I was going back to look at all of the old festivals and pulling films, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not sure how we got by because the selection of films, it was all adventure porn or, Mm. you know, it was very weak content. And so... I think Five Point was at this really cutting edge of when there was a huge shift in how venture filmmakers were making and creating their films. And we were at this really beautiful time of getting filmmakers to to have more story-based, more character portrayal, and really content that was going to leave an audience really inspired and fulfilled. So... That was really a cool time, that whole 10 years of Five Point and watching this industry of filmmaking really change. So this heart that Haley mentioned has become the hallmark of adventure film. There really isn't an expected or typical narrative anymore. Talking with women, I found many were eager to see the story continue to develop. I got the opportunity to interview Aisha Weinhold, the founder of a relatively new film festival called No Man's Land. It's the first all-women's outdoor film festival, and it tours all over the U.S., but it started in Carbondale, Colorado, and has its roots in Five Point. My name is Aisha Weinhold. I'm from Carbondale, Colorado, and the reason that I came to Five Point is I've been all 10 years, and I just think it's the most magical, inspirational event. I run No Man's Land Film Festival, which is an all-female adventure film festival, and I actually got the inspiration to start that here, and it was it's kind of a crazy story that I actually haven't told anyone yet, but a dear friend of mine, his main climbing mentor was Bean Bowers, and Bean Bowers was a prolific alpinist and just general amazing human being in the climbing community, and he passed away not long before Five Point. I want to say like 2011, I was young. I was in high school still. And his partner came up to me and she said, do you need a ticket? 
She said, well, I'm going to give you this ticket, but I want you to know that this was Bean's ticket and basically told me the story of how he'd passed. And she said, all that I ask is that you go and you have a meaningful experience because these are his people and and we don't want to just give this away just to anyone. And so I went into it with a new state of mind that I never thought that I would have access to at that age. And there was one film there called Deer and Yonder, and it was a story of women and their relationship with the sea. And I think that the combination of the story of the film and also the just the framing around the whole event, I saw that film and I knew that I needed to do something in this industry and that this is where I belonged and working with women in this industry was what I wanted to do. And and it took me a long time to get to the film festival, but I knew in that moment that that Five Point was special and, and without Five Point, I wouldn't be where I am today. So 10 years ago for the first Five Point, how, how old were you? I was 14. 14. I think it was like 22 bucks or 25. And I remember saving up. I was babysitting and because my parents, they bought me one night. What, why did you want to go? Why did I want to go? Mm. I just loved everything around. I feel like adventure is an overused word, but everything around adventure. And I was still learning what that meant. And, and growing up here, like most of my friends were professional athletes or are now. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was really looking for something else because I was a good skier, a good climber, a good boater. I could do it all, but I was missing that heart behind it, and that's what I found at Five Point. Mm. And they do an incredible job of curating a story behind the NAR, which I love. Though Aisha appreciates the story, I thought she had an interesting take on women's adventure film at Five Point. And it's a take that I wasn't entirely sure that I agreed with. So what did you think about the the female-focused films? Like, were there any favorites? Or as someone yeah. who curates an all-women's film festival, I would love your honest opinion on, like, the choice of films for this, this festival. I'd seen quite a few of them. I've always wanted to be a filmmaker, and I've, I've never really found what my niche would be. And, and again, Five Point showed me what I need to do, and it's, We, as women in adventure, it is so rare that we have a story that is, I don't know what the word is, maybe even just less story. For so long, adventure film had been lacking story. And Mm -hmm. Five Point has played a huge role in in getting that story behind the sport. But where women have come in is, is we've captured this story element, but we never had that backing of, look at how awesome I am. Mm -hmm. Look at what I've done and I think that the whole thing with the film fest for me is you can't be what you can't see and if we keep putting out stories that are a beautiful narrative of women connecting with nature we will get this incredible generation of women who can do that but it is our responsibility as filmmakers as storytellers as curators of this to show a story of you want to climb 515 look like look who did that Angel's film was a huge piece in that of showing and I mean Lexi DuPont has a piece that's also very similar and Pretty Faces did a good job of that but it's like I feel like skiing is kind of an anomaly because there's so many incredible female skiers with with that presence Um, but really saying like you got this and when you bring in little girls who are anywhere from like 9 to 16 like I can speak from experience I was I've always been looking and especially then was looking to be like can I do this? And there are so many times that I, I remember like seeing this film with Tommy Caldwell when I was young and, and being like, oh, he can do that. And, and stopping there being like, well, no, why am I that special? Why am I the person who can do that? You know, this is what all of the men do. And even if that's not the exact articulation I had, it's still like, 
I just want someone who looks like me. And I know that we're, we're dealing with this in the, in the outdoor industry in general, you know, not just specific to gender, but it's, Mm -hmm. that's so important to Mm -hmm. see people for lack of a better word, just crushing. Yeah. And I, I'm hearing that, but I'm also hearing that you would be happy with just some examples of that. Like, it's not like every film has to be women crushing, exactly. but to have more of a range of the way women are portrayed in in this part, maybe even just this particular festival, because it sounds like there are films out there, but there's so much room for growth. Totally. This field, which is which is yeah. exciting, but also can be frustrating when you're waiting for that growth, especially for you curating the, a festival. Oh, it's so frustrating. And this year, the first year we had the full spectrum. The second year we had a lot more of the the action, the going, the charging, especially in our winter program. Again, because of because of skiing, I think played a large role in that. And then this year was very heavy on the narrative, was very storyteller focused. And I think that that's the trend that the entire outdoor industry is going. But we as women need to take a step back and say before this trend goes too far, like, hey, hey, like, remember how things used to be? Mm, We want some of that. Yeah. Yeah. The more Aisha talked about it, the more it made sense to me because it does make sense. Right. As much as I appreciate and love story and beauty and character, balance is key. Sonia Pevsner, who I interviewed in episode 23 on mental health in the outdoors, also happened to be at Five Point, and I got the opportunity to meet her in person. It's the last day of the festival. How are you feeling? I'm feeling I have a notebook full of ideas. I've just been madly scribbling. Um, I, it feels, because I don't have a film or a writing background, this just feels like going to lecture, going to class and like asking these questions, getting engaged with my potential coworkers, my peers. I'm like bubbling over with excitement and exuberance and just joy. And I don't know, I think people, when they first meet me, can think that I can come off a little strong um, or that I'm, you know, pretending to be so... like enthusiastic and excited about everything but I'm genuinely just like dancing in the corner literally dancing in the corner from excitement because there's just so many good ideas and so many connections being made and just the the atmosphere is so conducive to positivity and optimism and the idea that like really we are the change and anything we want to see happen we can make happen this is Sonia's first time at Five Points, so she looked at it with fresh eyes. Sonia's also passionate about balance and inclusivity in adventure film. After we talked, she sent me a voice memo to follow up after she'd had a little time to marinate. The Sunday portion of the Five Point Film Festival included stories called Changemakers. These were stories about people making differences in non-traditional communities and in non-traditional ways. While I commend the Five Point Film Festival for including these stories and these narratives about folks from non-traditional backgrounds and with non-traditional challenges, I wonder if this message would be better served by including these stories along with the rest of the lineup rather than in a separate film program. The Five Point Film Festival has done a commendable job of featuring the stories that are not typically included and that deserves recognition. However, I would like to see even more of these, you know, African-American climbers, native mountaineers and not just the Sherpas leading the climbs, Southeast Asian skiers, etc. Well, these stories exist, they just need to be featured. One of the most compelling films of the weekend was called Waspia. 
and it told the story of the first Bangladeshi and only Bengali to complete the Seven Summits record following mountaineer Reinhold Messner's variations. Her story was showcased on opening night. Stories like that are the ones that I want to hear more about, and I intend to work towards increasing visibility for these voices and these stories. My biggest dream is to bridge this new amazing outdoor adventure community that I've, I'm lucky to have become a part of over the weekend with the communities that I've been a part of for years. That of the immigrant community, the queer community, and the non-traditional outdoor enthusiasts community. This summer, Sonia will be working on her first film project, which will bring her closer to bridging that gap. Finally, I talked with Sarah Yule, an artist and the previous event director of Five Point. She was excited to have a different presence this year as a visual artist. It's so fun for me to be here in the capacity of an artist. I helped Five Point curate a show this year. Over the past few years, we've been moving towards having different types of art, forms of art, music, visual art, poetry, performance, worked into the film programs. And this year, we put together a show at the Launchpad Gallery here in Carbondale and did an art opening. And it was great to bring together six different artists to take different interpretations of the theme, The Mountains Are Calling. And as I asked people to participate, I told them that this theme is about sort of a provocative love letter to the land, however they portray that in their own art. So my interpretation was it to actually literally write love letters to the land. Was there, I know, looking at the piece of the love letters to the land, it was 20 of mm-hmm. them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there were all these different types of landscapes that are all unique to Colorado. Was that, uh-huh. was that the thought process with them? You know, I'll tell you where it really began for me. I was on a drive to Santa Fe, and I was driving through the... Arkansas River Valley, which goes along this big streak of 14ers. I've had this experience in that valley before. I think it's just a really energized place and huge, huge landscape you can see forever, and then it's pierced by these huge peaks. And it was golden hour, and the way that the the clouds and the sun was poking through, and I was, like, freaking out in my car, and so I grabbed a piece of paper. And I've been thinking in poetry a lot lately, and I was jotting down these titles, Dear Beam of Light... Dear endless sky, dear shifting tides, dear rising valley, you know, and I had this need to get out like this sentimental feeling I was having for the landscape I was passing through. And that was really where I decided that I needed to kind of dig into that and really get expressive about the experience that I have in the land. And so the letters are, and the paintings that go with them, aren't necessarily based on any actual locations. They're based on moments of time that I've spent in the wilderness or fractions of beauty, you know, like that five seconds or five minutes, if you're lucky, of a sunset or the way that light looks at different hours or rising valley. I don't remember all my titles. (laughs) Do you often think in poetry or, or actually write it down? I have always probably been part poet my whole life, but right now I feel like I'm just in a really expressive, happy time in my life, and so I feel a responsibility to share that in a way or to to have different outlets to expose that joy for myself, and, and also it's fun for me to share. I like to share, and so poetry has been an outlet. I've actually been writing friends' poems and um, I have a, a friend in particular now Kelsey Brassier she was in the art show as well and she writes poetry and so we've been 
sharing poems with each other. And it's been just a really intimate winter for me of expressing my my happiness and my connection to the landscape that I'm I'm drawing inspiration from for my work as an artist as well. And yeah. Would would you self-identify as a poet? I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, for sure. I think I think poetically, you know, and I converse poetically sometimes and I'm drawn to other people that do. I also read a lot of Mary Oliver this winter and that really has permeated my thoughts and Terry Tempest Williams as well and just their romantic interpretation of the land and also human struggle and the human condition and how they go together has just been kind of informing what I've been thinking about and how I've been thinking about it. It's interesting to hear you say that and like bring in the the struggle where because I think about Mm -hmm. poetry as often being like dealing with friction but then yours is born out of a time of contentment and happiness. It is but it's all coming on the heels of a time of friction for me Mm -hmm. you know so I had a really difficult last year and now I'm in the the fruits of of a, a personal transition that's much happier and more buoyant and and so I feel really aware of how fleeting that can be and how many surprises life throws at us and so I have this kind of heightened awareness that wow, I'm in a happy time so I've got to absolutely dance in the sunshine and the moonlight and do, just embrace it while it's here because I don't know what's coming next and not that I mean I'm a total optimist but <laughs> We just don't know. And so if we are in a happy time, then we should really, really go for it. (laughs) What kind of inspiration do you draw from Five Point and specifically the films that you see at Five Point? You know, I'm having quite an intense experience here this year because uh, I'm not in charge of anything, which makes me realize that I I get to consume it all. I'm not preoccupied by needing to make sure that there's enough beer for the next party or whatnot. I'm really overwhelmed by how much I want to take in the films and the content as I want to take in the guests and the filmmakers. The, the repeat guests and filmmakers and also the new ones, it's really become this beautiful time of, of people learning about each other and drawing upon one another's work and creative process and, and leaping on collaborations and, and pushing each other and checking in on, hey, remember that conversation we had when we were sitting under that tree at Five Point last year? Did you do that? And I love what people have told me they've done. A lot of these folks I only see once a year or twice a year. I was just reflecting with some friends last night how in life we get people who have that significance that really motivate us or inspire us or push us further along on our path. And even if we see them a couple times a year, that the presence is profound. And I'm really enlivened by that. This is a time of filling the reservoir for me, and I think a lot of people. Julie Kennedy built this festival on five points, or five guiding principles. Respect, commitment, humility, purpose, and balance. I also felt heart and community and an inspiration in all the films and the filmmakers. What Sarah said about filling the reservoir and contemplating the people and places that help you do your best work really hit home for me. I'm going to spend some time thinking about those people and places. I hope you found them in your life, or at a minimum, you're getting started. Because all it takes is a seed to create something. 
Big thank you to Julie Kennedy, Anya Miller, Haley Thompson, Aisha Weinhold, Sonia Pevsner, and Sarah Yule for taking the time to talk with me. I'll be including links to their work and the films mentioned here on the episode page via she-explores.com slash podcast. As always, you can follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter by searching She Explores. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And not just because you feel sorry for me because I have a cold. <laughs> Thanks to Oru Kayak for their continued support. Music is by Mize and Chris Zabriskie. Until next week, 